0: Okay, welcome to Power Pivots, the podcast where we explore the stories behind the fundamental career shifts and changes that have made all the difference. I'm your host, I go by Hatu, and today we're joined by... Jason Price. Jay Price. How's it going, man? Good to see you, bro, as always. Good to see you, too. Good to see you, too. I'm really excited to have this conversation.
1: Right back at you. Thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this.
0: Me, too. Me, too. Well, let's jump right into the PowerPoints. PowerPoints are three words or phrases that encapsulate who you are, describe you as a person. So Jason, that being said, what would you say your PowerPoints are?
1: I would say for me, one is I feel like I'm a person who I thrive doing different things, bringing things together, connecting the different parts of myself. Um, Number two is grit and tenacity and hard work, Mm -hmm. maximizing my abilities, maximizing each moment. Just trying to be the best that I can be. Okay. And I'd say number three for me is leading with my heart. Okay. Times where I felt most myself and where I feel like I've been able to make the most impact and felt most fulfilled are when I'm leading with my heart and what's what's important to me. And and always checking as to what that is.
0: Okay. So balance and connecting the different pieces of yourself, tenacity and hardworking, and then also... Being able to lead with your heart. Well, I'm excited to see how those come up in the story. You know, they always say that the story is told in hindsight and hindsight is 2020. So for you, Jason, if you're looking back on your story, why don't you give us some insight into how you got to where you are?
1: So my, as long as I can remember, my identity has been at the intersection of academics, sports and athletics, and then business and I've been figuring out how to merge the three of them as long as I can remember. And I felt my best and my most authentic self when I was doing things at the intersection. So grew up in Northern California, was always the, I guess you could say scholar athlete, and I give credit to my parents on that front. So for me, that was always the pursuit, was how do I balance that? I ended up going to the University of Southern California after growing up in the Bay Area. And I knew that I was gonna run track in college. That was my goal. Had some scholarship offers at a variety of schools, but actually got into USC academically and had to walk on to the track team. Cause I was good, I was really good in California, but USC, unless you are number one in the nation in your event, you're not getting a scholarship and you're not getting recruited there. So that, that was the message that it came to me. So really very on, this is where a part of my pivot started frankly, is because that was the time where I had to realize my identity was going to be a mix of academics and, and sports. I, ne- I was never just in one lane. So ended up thriving at USC, and then um, I was fortunate to get an opportunity to, to go into the finance world. Um, so I got an internship at J.P. Morgan my junior summer. Right. That led me to New York City after being All-American and team captain at USC on the track team, hung on my spikes and then that turned into six years at JP Morgan. And I say all that background to say, very quickly I learned that one, I went through an identity shift. And I realized that I had faced a bit of an imposter syndrome when I got to Wall Street. And that was, hey, am I good enough to be here? Am I just the quote unquote, the jock, the dumb jock? I, I feel like I had to overcompensate for the fact that I was with a lots of Ivy League kids, I was the athlete. That was the persona that helped me. But at the same time, I tried to get away from that because I wanted to be a business guy. I wanted to be a business leader. I wanted to be a finance professional. And and even more than that, I saw my teammates and people I competed against struggle right. in that transition. That transition is tough. Transitions for everyone, as as we know, it's a human thing to transition and changing your identity and evolving. It's very difficult. And the athlete experience is a really unique one because you spend so much time on your sport, the stats behind it are crazy and I started to see them firsthand. I just It didn't make sense to me because these were some of the, the highest performing individuals that I've ever come across in the world. You know, they're all the things, tenacity, grit, discipline, character, teamwork, but because you didn't get the internship at the right time or you couldn't spend 100% of your time trying to get into the right companies, you know, your GPA might've been lower, all those things, it didn't make sense to me. Um, that, that led me to realize I lean more tech and entrepreneurial, um, and I ended up going to Harvard Business School, and at HBS, I started a program that we called Crossover Into Business, which was an academic experience for professional athletes that have played pro for a certain amount of time, and a way to expose them to the business school environment and give them mentorship from current students and think about what could the rest of their life look like post-sports. Ended up being an incredible program and experience. We developed partnerships with all the major sports leagues. I've had hundreds of athletes go through it. And I realized there was a massive opportunity to help athletes, but also help companies and access this talent pipeline that a lot of times was different than recruiting a non-athlete. And there's such an opportunity for that non-traditional talent source to be activated. I learned a lot of the stats behind it, which were just insane two-thirds of college athletes graduate without a good job unemployed underemployed 90 percent of college athletes don't set foot in their career services center which is just mind-boggling me because the incentives aren't there it's just a lot of schools um, are structured in a way where that isn't the route so you started to get into this i just saw there was a lot of opportunity in that space and then transitioned into tech and We can talk about where it's going now. But that's really the root of it for me. This was me realizing, hey, I feel like I'm in a unique position to potentially help solve this problem. because of the experiences I've had.
0: Yeah. So you went into tech after business school and now you're, again, being led by the heart. Like you're focused more so on helping with this transition. Tell us a little bit more about like how you decided to make that pivot and how you've been able to do
1: it. So crossover in the business that we created ended up being an incredible program for Harvard. Mm -hmm. But me as Jason probably could have been more thoughtful with how I structured it. You know, mid twenties, I never saw myself as necessarily an entrepreneur. I liked the business environment, but I never saw myself necessarily as an entrepreneur and I'm generally a trusting person. So in a place, an academic environment like Harvard Business School, I shared this idea with a lot of folks. Mm-hmm. I partnered with people on campus. I partnered with professors. I did a lot of those things. I think the lesson that I learned is, it gets a balance between ask for help and you have to be open with, with your idea and find the right people who who align with your values. But at the same time, it's your vision and and you you kind of have to explore and do that in a place where you can manage the vision. And I think I did that at first in more of an exploration, and then before I knew it, I was creating something that was very beneficial for, for Harvard. Um, but I think didn't necessarily fully fulfill the vision that I had thought about and had really kind of developed in myself. You know, Harvard and many big organizations—they're all about they have their goals. You know, so I think my advice and perspective is it, it, when you're being entrepreneurial in a big institution that has an incredible brand. At the end of the day, it's about what furthers that brand and what is their bottom line. And I think you have to keep that in mind when you're creating and you want to solve a problem because you have to do it in a way that solves the problem and you can use big organization to accelerate that, but you have to be thoughtful with that creation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. All right. And I think that you touched on something that's really important because I think a lot of times when folks are in business school or they're applied to school, there's a lot of talk about how school is a great place to be able to experiment and explore. And I usually ask about this point when people are making their pivots and you mentioned next play you, which we're going to dive into a lot more. I usually ask about the resources that people use to make their pivots, but it's very clear that your business school experience and the organization that you started was really one of the biggest resources that you used in being able to try and test out that idea. Right. So I guess from a NextplayU standpoint, and I guess start by explaining a little bit more about what you're doing at Next NextplayU, because that's the pivot that you've made right now. What are some resources that you've used to be able to make that pivot happen?
1: For sure. I spent a few years in different startups in the consumer retail space, different types of software, and then went to Salesforce, the large enterprise software company, worked on partnerships and business development there. And as I authentically told my story and people saw that I was really trying to create impact and help athletes and help companies, people helped me along my journey to do it. So I ended up meeting a variety of folks, one of which is an individual by the name of Ryan Neese, who runs a venture capital firm called Next Legacy Ventures. Mm -hmm. He's a former collegiate and then NFL football player, was a defensive back, actually the son of NFL Hall of Famer Ronnie Lott. And he runs this venture capital firm, Next Legacy. And a lot of the athletes that I worked with through the Harvard program and other parts of my life were part of his community. I think he saw what we were creating and the heart that I brought to it. He ended up introducing me to my co-founder, Oren, because of we realized we shared the same passion point. And they ended up incubating us which was not part of the plan, but I think it goes back to the key theme here is just because I was just creating and building while I went into tech, this started to formulate behind the scenes, which was setting me up for the pivot. Yeah. So meanwhile, while I'm working at Salesforce, while I'm learning what it means to build a tech company, seeing what best in class looks like in terms of partnerships, in terms of tech sales, this was formulating in the background because I had already put it into the universe and we authentically wanted to help at and wanted to help people get into companies.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that one thing that's also really interesting there that you touched on is your speaking about your passion for this to the right people ultimately led to incubation, right? I think a lot of times folks are a little bit cagey about like how much detail they share. And obviously I'm sure that like from your previous experience with crossover into business, You probably were a little more selective about what you shared and who you shared it with, but you know, having that, like you knew the right times and the right people to share information with, and it ended up building out this ecosystem of athletes that would be helpful throughout this process. And then also you were able to find a venture capital firm that wanted to incubate you guys, even though that wasn't the plan at the very beginning.
1: Absolutely, I to. I learned from the, frankly, the failure and the pain and that initial things that I realized, oh, that wasn't me, or that's not how to do it. I learned from those mistakes, and then being aligned on not only what is the potential business solution to solve this, but mm-hmm. who do I align with from a values perspective. That's how I found the team mm-hmm. to work with. Yeah, that's how the vision started to come together. To me, that's been that's like the game changer. And and now, I mean, with Next Play, you we're creating a talent marketplace and a cohort based learning experience for elite athletes, collegiate and then professional. Understanding who you are as people, working on your identity, exposure from athletes that have transitioned beyond sports and are now leading in their field and crushing it in the next phase of industry. And then how do you actually get there? So we do skill building, training, to actually get into companies. And we work with companies to access the talent companies, companies are our
0: part. Has PowerPivots inspired you to reevaluate your career path? If so, look into PowerPivots career coaching. Whether you're interested in career discovery, job description, dissection, or interview prep, I take a tailored approach to helping you understand your ultimate career goals and get closer to them. Interested? Fill out the interest form at the bottom of the show notes for your free 30-minute consultation. For any questions, email hatu at powerpivots.co. That's H-A-T-U at powerpivots.co. As always, pivot powerfully. From your standpoint, obviously you've pivoted into this like full-time, you've left Salesforce and this is something that you were working on before. You kind of set the stage for it and now you've jumped in with two feet and two hands and everything, right? So I guess talk to me a little bit more about that. Like, how has that been crucial? How does it feel different? You know, as I understand it, you're COO. I'm sure that you wear a bunch of different hats (laughs) as as well, but talk to me a little bit more about how this pivot has been so crucial in your experience. So
1: I'm a planner and I, I would actually call myself relatively risk averse. Okay. Honestly, I think a lot of people that go to elite business schools, spend all that money to go into an expensive graduate program, try to go work at big brands because it gives you safety and stability and credibility. A lot of those folks are relatively risk averse. I've never seen myself or necessarily wanted to be a serial entrepreneur. And now that I've been in the startup space, I'm seeing how those people are wired. And frankly, for me, I realized this is a problem that I think I'm uniquely position to solve. And that I know if I didn't try this, I wouldn't be able to, to 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 live with myself, frankly. I knew that I'm an entrepreneur by necessity because I'm driven, again, by my art and helping people. And this is the way I think I'm most positioned to do it. It's at the intersection of what I'm passionate about, what I'm good at, and where there's an opportunity. But with that being said, the process to do it has been it hasn't it hasn't been easy. I think I learned one setting yourself up financially takes some time. I was working at Salesforce at least 2 years while building this on the side, acquiring the skills and positioning myself financially to be able to take that leap. Yeah. Both when raising capital as well as my own personal financial situation. So that that was a big one and, I, and that's been a lesson that I would tell to all entrepreneurs is Throwing it all in and going all in, yes, that's great, but I think you got to cover your downside slash you got to cover your own means because being in a position where you're stable enough to be creative and be able to drive forward is critical. Mm -hmm. I think otherwise you're not being your best self. So I've had to learn that for myself and that included raising capital while I was working another job, while doing things on the side, all the things. So yeah. That's how I set it up for me. And that's how the process
0: has been. Yeah. There are two things that I wanted to highlight that you said there. It's like the first being you felt compelled to try, right? I think a lot of times when people talk about entrepreneurship, it, they glamorize it of like, oh, you know, this is just something that I really want to do. And they view it as an alternative to like working for somebody else and something of that nature. But you, you mentioned like, listen, I'm a risk averse person but this is something that like I could not live my life and know that I never gave it a real shot. So I think that that's an important part of like making a pivot. It's like something that you're compelled to do. And like, you almost feel like you don't have a choice, but to do it. And then the other aspect is like, just like your approach to entrepreneurship. Right. I think a lot of times that the stories that we hear are about people just doing the most drastic things. And those are the ones that always come to the top. But there are realistic approaches to entrepreneurship, like having tested this model out on a different scale at a certain point, right? Building up the network, using professional experience, right? To understand the skills that you would need to run a company, to do fundraising, being able to, you know, tap into the network of different individuals, those are things that end up just being so important in this journey, setting yourself up financially as well, right? Those are things that are so important in this journey. And those are almost ways that you're able to de-risk the process without taking anything away from actually being an entrepreneur. Absolutely. If you had to give yourself advice, right. And let's just say advice from like, before you made your pivot into next play and after what is some advice that you would give yourself?
1: Early on in my time at JP Morgan, I literally remember, you know, I'm an analyst. You're working all, all times of the day, all times of the night. I started having these ideas around what I saw my life and career being. It was literally, it was almost like inception in my brain. It, it, sound, it sounds crazy, but in retrospect, you'd be in your thoughts and you'd be working. I might be the only one in the office. And I literally started just writing things down and every conversation I had that pushed me along this path of thinking about, hey, what's the intersection between sports and business? And I called it the vision. So I have this long running Google doc that I called the vision. Now it's hundreds of pages. And these are thoughts that I would have, things I read, people I spoke to. And for me, the lesson I have to myself is, as that was happening, I think that was a great thing for that self-exploration, but I think the sooner that I could tap into what is authentically me and how do I find the tools to unlock what this vision is inside myself, as well as set myself up career-wise, financially, et cetera, to do that. And don't worry about proving that I'm someone else to somebody or trying to do the cool thing or the impressive thing or build my resume, like all that's great, but it's more important to build and do the authentic things. And that vision doc is really what drove me to do it. And I realized that was all within myself. So that's the advice I would give is like, find that thing, find what you can be the best at, and then set yourself up career-wise to do it. I've been getting there, but it took me a little bit of time along the way. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Awesome what would you say at this new point what would you say is the most exciting
1: part for you our number one value and focus at next play you is helping athletes on their journey and helping them have authentic outcomes for them so for me now that our early cohorts are now starting to really perform and outperform they're getting promoted they're they're getting new jobs now, they're making our partner companies really successful and they're finding their new identities and they're finding fulfillment in their new arena. Seeing that happen and and hearing those athletes come back and speak to new cohorts of folks, as well as just thrive in a new arena and evolve themselves beyond sport, there's no feeling like it. We're really building a community. Yep. And for me, that's that is what it's about. A lot of times, I don't know that it makes sense to be just creating something from zero. But I think if, if you know that's what you're supposed to do or you can't not do it and you're uniquely qualified to do it, that's what I would recommend. And now seeing the athletes performing, seeing them in a position to then go back and help their communities is a, is a really key, important way to do it. Jason, thank you so much for sharing all your wisdom with us. Hot too. Pleasure, man. Um, pleasure. Pleasure. So
0: always, always. Thank you, brother. And thank you all for tuning in. Please remember to like and subscribe for more. Most importantly, pivot powerfully. Be well, everyone.